Get ready to roll for initiative on this episode of Four Seasons and a Funeral. I'm your dungeon master, David, and joining me today are two fuckwits of players, Charlie and Nick. In this Hi. episode, uh, we go out and find out those we left behind. Uh, episode uh, six of season four of Fringe. Hi, I'm fuckwit Charlie. Hi, I'm slightly less fuckwit Nick, I hope, today. Don't think Audience. that's the first time we've called ourselves those because of an intro. <laughs> Audience, I apologize for the disaster that intro was. It's because so, Charlie sprung this recording on us. I literally an hour you, ago. I also said, hey, what about three <laughs> days from now? Yeah, but three days from now, we can't rag on you for scheduling this recording an hour ago. Also, just to move just to move back to the intro for one second, David. Uh, I understand mm -hmm. that those were dice rolls. I thought that that was you slamming your keyboard. Um, <laughs> which did, that also did sound like sense. did sound like uh, Roadhog just hooked you out of the sky and killed you. That is a common <laughs> sound that you guys heard. I think what we were playing a week ago or something, and I was starting to get a little tilted. Um, and we were playing with uh, like the group of um, people in the uh, other Discord server we have, which is like. Yes. Full of people that we don't quite know personally, but like our mutual friends. And there's well, one. I know some of them personally. You know some of them, but I'm still like, I don't know them personally. Like, I don't know anyone in that server personally, not, aside from you two. I have not met most of them. I have not met most of them. No, no, you've, you've met well, the, the leader of it and also the well, one yeah, but cousin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> those don't count. And I've met your brother, but that doesn't count either. <laughs> I mean, the other people, because we were playing with the one online friend we have. Um, yes. who's the flex who I don't think any of us know in rea reality um, and I was getting tilted so I started slamming my desk and I think that was the first time they heard me do that because they went oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me slamming my, my desk screaming <laughs> one of my all time favorite memories from living with you is one day for whatever reason you're like I'm going to play through all the Dark Souls games in order starting with Dark Souls 1 on the PC which is a horrible port but you knew that going in and I was just lying in bed with my girlfriend watching a movie. And we just hear, God fucking damn it. Bang, bang, bang. And my girlfriend turns to me and is like, is he, is he okay? And I was like, David, you good, buddy? And you're like, the most defeated I had heard you up to that point. You're just like, yeah, I died. <laughs> it's so a frustrating game. So the good news for David um, is that, you know, we've learned that his keyboard has a good build quality. So if your keyboard company ever sponsors us, David, you know, then it's pretty easy. <laughs> Look, I'm, not, I'm no madman. I don't hit my keyboard. I hit the desk right next to my keyboard. <laughs> it sounds like it's your keyboard so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm hitting the desk really hard so the keyboard rattles. Uh, uh, but, uh... But hey, what What's everyone been up to? David, go. Uh, well, since our last recording, which I think was on, what, Monday? Monday. So it's yeah. been like, what, four days? Um, work, <laughs> really? That's it? Um, I had my first like uh, self-assessment review with my manager, which was supposed to happen like 30 days into my job, but it's been uh, seven months. <laughs> self-assessment so you're doing amazing and deserve a raise right? well it's essentially it's if i don't get a raise that is enough like if i don't get a high enough raise i'm just gonna start job hunting again at this point yeah 
because uh, especially with the corporate structure of my current like occupation, you only get once a year raise. Like there's only an annual raise. Yeah. So yeah, I'm expecting a sizable raise. If not, it's time to go job hunting, which I think is kind of the norm for uh, the Tech. like tech industry <laughs> is people jump companies a lot if they're not like getting promotions or anything well that's kind of the easiest way to get a raise in yeah. software is like hey are you only getting like 5k raises annually or like only got a 5k raise last time just jump companies you'll immediately make 20k more yep like that uh, is that is a hundred percent the plan if i don't get a sizable raise because I like the people that I work with. I like the team, but the work is starting to drain on me, especially the commute. And it's, I yeah. know I could find a job that is full-time remote at this point. <laughs> like, yep. like that is 100% something that I could do. So unless the money's good, I'm not staying. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Fair. I've been doing work as well. My work isn't killing me as quickly. Hey, you're, you're, you're gonna have to go back to the office soon. So hey, uh. I don't know because I haven't heard. Yeah, well, fourth wave is really starting to hit us, so that might be pushed a little more We're depending on how have... things go. Oh yeah. We're oh, supposed yeah. to have a company like offsite get together thing. That that ain't happening. That's not I... happening. I don't know. I confirmed uh, I that I was. Sta- yeah, I had to confirm that I was staying overnight. So like. Uh. I, I, well, I, I guess I guess if it's like just the people working at the company, like that's you, you're yeah. working at a relatively small company where, like, I think your bosses and managers, people. yeah, your bosses and managers probably also trust all your employees to like yeah. have been doing proper like COVID protocols. So they've all shit talked Doug Ford, so like I'm pretty sure we're okay. <laughs> so, 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 David, here's my hot take for what you know phase like the the fourth wave is going to look like here at least. Um, there's not going to be any change to the current restrictions that we have at any point during it. Um, I because highly... the current government is going to be way too afraid of the backlash um, that's good, that they're going to face if they do strengthen down on restrictions. So I don't know. There's not going to be any changes in restrictions. I, 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 I highly doubt that just because it schools starting and the amount of unvaccinated children that will be in danger is just... It's just a numbers game to me. Um, like, yep, David, guess, guess what? In the States right now where kids are going back to school, yeah, 23% of the new cases are coming from kids who are in, like, you know, school. Yes, uh, I know, but also but... we're not the States is the thing. I know we're under Doug Ford tyranny, but we're still not the States. Oh, but David, I, I'm I, pretty sure they're going to be too afraid for it right now. <laughs> we're, I think I'm it's going to get... Much... No, what, what I'm telling you is I think it's going to get bad enough that they're going to be forced to. Like, they're going to push it off for as long as possible. Like they're doing David, with the fucking vaccine passports. David, it's, there's, not going to be, there's not going to be as many deaths, and they are going to blame the people who had deaths for not getting the vaccine. Uh, I, and then there's, there's not going to be any changes to things. This is, just this, gonna, is, this is just going to be more and more telling people, hey, you should have got the vaccine. This is very strange bad. because this is Nick being more of a cynic than I am. <laughs> if, if changes happen, they will take place a safe distance after the federal election. That's why COVID passports in Ontario are happening mm-hmm. coincidentally after the federal election. It's almost like oh, the yeah, provincial I party think... doesn't want to fuck with the federal party. So I yeah. think... I, I don't know, like, you see the shit coming out of Florida where it's like, 
what, 15 teachers died last week because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And not to say they got it in a classroom, but like the the lack of restrictions down there is killing a lot of people and fucking up the classroom. Sure, kids don't get hit as symptoms as hard, but it's just the spreading factor. It's the spreading factor. And then also Delta has shown to have worse symptoms, even on vaccinated people. Yeah. Like Delta is completely screwing people over even with people with double vaccines, especially because the first, uh, like, the danger class, like, the um, people at highest risk, their vaccines are going to start wearing thin. Hey, <laughs> like, do you, do you want to Because it's already say, been a bunch of months now, and do you want to just say fuck it, to, fuck it to Fringe, and we can go through my crazy cousin's Facebook page? No, no. I, I don't no. want to get, this is, this I don't want to be this upset. Is, this is enough COVID this, talk. This, this is all this, this podcast has been. I've, I, I I have I have stated out what my hot take is about of what's mm-hmm. gonna happen and um I'm impressed that it is more cynical than David's. I I honestly I think the difference of opinion we're having is I think it's gonna get way worse than you think it's gonna get, which is why I think we're gonna go back in lockdown. <laughs> I think shit is gonna hit the fan, is what I'm thinking. That's all right. We'll we we will certainly see. Um Yeah. Because, oh. again, the fact that it's still spreading and still propagating, we're going to see the gamma, we're going to see more mutations, and it just takes one really bad mutation for this to be all back in the bin like we were a year ago. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, Nick, what have you been up to? Uh, so, Charlie, <laughs> if I had had until even tomorrow, I would have been able to say that I had finished writing the first full draft of my thesis. I gave you guys the (laughs) option to go to Monday. You also would have been able to say you got a new roommate as well, even at tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Also, the other fun thing that I get to blame because of that, if my my, uh, audio sounds a little bit echoey, it's because the room that I'm currently recording in is fucking empty. Uh, There's a computer and a desk in here. Yay. Hey, there's soon to be a 50-inch TV in there. And an entire yeah. sound system with two towers. <laughs> Bookshelf and... speakers. There is soon to be way more stuff than should fit in this room, in this room. But currently, it's echoey. It's okay, because okay the guy taped off the dimensions of his new room in his existing room and went, yeah, I can make this work. And rearranged oh, no, no, no. his he's, room. He's, he's, he's gotten more concerned about that after uh, after actually physically moving all the stuff into those taped off dimensions. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he should be. It's not a very big room. I've been I've been messaging him on Discord through most of today, talking about like, <laughs> yep, don't forget about this thing when you're doing all your stuff. I had a table and a single bed, and it was cramped, and a dresser, and it was definitely. <laughs> A small, it was like not very much room for extra stuff. So I don't know where the fuck he's gonna put all this shit. Here, here is the current. Here's the current thoughts. Um, oop, does that work? <laughs> gonna send us a My blueprint. My files are too powerful. Never mind. Fuck that shit. You guys don't see this. <laughs> see, like, okay. So to to be completely nitpicky about the Discord thing, the files are too powerful. They know how to compress files. They could compress them for you. That's just the hawk of their Discord Nitro. It is. I, I understand. Uh, um, it's just a variant. Just compress the picture. If it's just an image file, just compress it. Who cares? Hey, speaking of our Discord, do you think the name and banner are a bit too outdated? 
you know, uh, a reference to a restaurant we haven't been to in like three years. Well, Listen, we'll go back there one day. Will we? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, it is supposed to be and beyond is the last B there. So I think oh, that's exactly. still valid. Um, but I'm still good with it. Yeah. We changed it at this point, I feared. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what else it would be. Yeah, <laughs> like... exactly. Exactly. I'm. That's fair. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. Hey, Nick, um... why haven't you finished the first draft of your master's yet? <laughs> why are you procrastinating? Yeah, I, you're, you're right. I, all I have to do is write an acknowledgments and then two pages of my intro and it's done. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> Who needs acknowledgments? No one helped you. Are you going to put your uh, girlfriend in your acknowledgments like a nerd? I'm going to put my family. I'm now not going to put you guys. Fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> my family and my friends, but not these two people. Fuck these people. But not these people by name. <laughs> but specifically not David and Charlie. <laughs> I do not acknowledge them. Uh, yeah, no, but like, no matter what, I have to have acknowledgements because I have to be like, hey, thanks this place for giving me data. Uh, <laughs> thanks, my professor, for overseeing this stuff thanks, like that. I assume. thanks, NSERC, for giving me money. Thank you, Guelph, for giving me money. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what have like, you been up no, to, uh, Charlie? We are, uh, yeah, working puppy. Oh, did we? Oh, right. I, it was so minor, and I, I, yeah. <laughs> I thought you would have more to talk about just because you pushed up this recording. No, because I'm doing stuff this weekend, <laughs> you fuckwit. <laughs> I haven't done shit yet. I'm doing shit tomorrow. <laughs> and Sunday. You know what? When, when I come down to your, your place, David, I'm not going to see you. I'm just going to huck eggs at you. <laughs> I'm going to freeze a bunch of eggs and throw them at you. That's that's not nice. I think what you should actually do is just like put eggs around his apartment without his knowledge. No, because I like his parents. Yeah, come on. Well, no, that's when he moves into his own place. That's that's rude. That's a rude thing to do to someone. <laughs> yeah, it's All really right. hard to lay eggs around a basement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a uh, TV guide. Just so <laughs> it's a shit TV guide. <laughs> It and sure does exist. <laughs> An electrical engineer, Stephen Root, and his wife, Romy Rosemont, a theoretical physicist, pitch in during a frantic search for a pattern between time loop anomalies. Wow, this is a shit TV guide. <laughs> this reads like a spin-off oh. TV guide. Like this they were trying reads, to This also reads like they're helping fringe team. Like <laughs> Yeah. It it also reads as if both of them know what's going on from the start. <laughs> Which is very much not. <laughs> did they ever explain he was an electrical engineer in the episode? Yes. Or is that just yes, okay? They did. Or is that just assumed by his abilities to like create the device? There there is a one off line where they say electrical engineer. <laughs> the same way Peter is also an engineer. They're really bringing that back this season. Literally two oh, seasons and yeah. nothing. Suddenly Peter's all here doing the science. Look, Peter can do science again. Isn't it great? But hey, when he's not doing science, he dreams about Olivia. Ooh. Segway. Wait, do we start on that or do we do the cold open with the... Uh, um, no, we, we start on this. Oh, okay. Aye, aye. Olivia's sleeping in a park and you're like, wow, that's creepy. And then 
a hand comes down and strokes her face and you're like, nope, still creepy. Lincoln, what are you doing? <laughs> Link, Lincoln, what are you doing in my dream? <laughs> Walter showed me the dream sharing device. I thought it would come well, hey, say don't hi. Worry. Walter also came into this dream. Uh, yeah, but he's just chilling on some swings. <laughs> yeah. Playing with yeah, by a child. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the hand that comes down isn't Lincoln's. It's uh, Peter and they're like, they have a very nice conversation. They're at like some kind of park. Walter's playing on the swing because he loves Newtonian physics. Um, and Which, they like, like, who doesn't love yeah. Newtonian, Newtonian physics? physics? I don't know. Um, they're always they keeping me down. Swings. Boo. Ah. <laughs> See, remember, David, if you don't say anything, if you don't give a reaction, <laughs> <laughs> then we can cut the joke. <laughs> exactly. It just makes Charlie more sad. And he'll never find out because he doesn't listen to these when they go up. Nope, because I or don't like the sound of my own that thing that we did that time ago, David. Oh, yeah, the, that segment. We'll see if we get <laughs> to do segment. that segment again ever. Oh, I hope God. we do. I hope we get to do that segment again. <laughs> I would go um, back and find it, but yeah. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, um, this is definitely a dream. There is absolutely no way that, you know, they've decided that, you know, episode six, we're just going to swap back, pretend nothing ever happened. What would you um, do if they did do that? <laughs> uh... What if they just pulled in unearthed on episode six? <laughs> And so, Charlie just shows back up, and it's just a season one episode. <laughs> so, 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 Charlie, this this specific scene gave me deja vu to something. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, the beginning of T2 Judgment Day? Um, I think he's talking about a later thing that happens in, in either fringe. in A later in thing in Fringe. Or season five. Yeah, I think so. This one. Uh, oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. they're passing notes, audience. It's just you and me on this island of uh, exclusion. <laughs> this island of mystery. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. Um, so I was a little bit, I was a little bit weird. I was like, whoa, am I watching the wrong episode? What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> but no. Nope, yeah, with uh, this... with that scene in mind, that that does make sense. You would kind of go, wait a fucking minute, <laughs> David. We'll come back to this when that happens. Uh, but hey, if don't I worry, remember. it's fine. Uh, it's fine. Peter wakes up from his dream um, and is in a completely normal cell, um, like a normal person. Yeah. Well, also, um, Olivia and Peter in the dream have a weird conversation where Olivia's like, hey, this is the, like, the perfect day, but you know, you can't run from it, right? And Peter's like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, you can't run from your problems. And Peter's like, uh, and then he wakes up. <laughs> yeah, this isn't how dreams go. Like, we're supposed to be banging. What's happening? This isn't how my Sex of the Park fantasy usually works. <laughs> um, but yeah, Olivia's Walter there. watching. Oh, jeez. No, that's a constant. To... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Olivia's woken him up in his cell, and, she's, and he's like, oh, what do you need? And she's like, well, there's been some sort of incident, and we need your help because we think you're the reason or you're causing it. And um, apparently there have been some kind of weird time effects or time loop weirdings happening. Yes. And this is uh, where we cut to the mom? Yes. Yes, this is where we yeah. get our cold open. Okay. Um, so yeah, we cut to a mother. She's cooking like uh, lunch or some kind of meal. And her daughter's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Let's watch this television show. And she's like, oh, that's my favorite. Blah, 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 blah. 
I think she's doing her dishes actually. Yeah. Yeah. Then, Mom's yeah. doing the dishes. Yeah. Because she uh, takes out like a teapot, puts it down, goes to reach something else to wash, and then suddenly everything in the kitchen is charred black like fire. And like still smoldering, like the fire was just recently put out. Yeah. And then um, she, like the kitchen is all burnt, and then she runs into the nursery, and nursery isn't burnt, and the no. daughter's a and baby. Fortunately, Sam is still alive. Uh Yes, the daughter is was not burned to a crisp. Yeah. Um, First yeah, hint no. that some tomfuckery is going on. Oh yeah, no this this would be absolutely fucking horrifying. Yeah, because she um, picks up her now infant child, runs out of the house, and there's a whole crowd now pointing at the suddenly like burning building or like burnt building. And as she like looks around, we cut from her quickly, cut back, and it the, her daughter is aged back up in her arms, and she's just so confused <laughs> as you would be. Yeah, what do you? What do you? What's your reaction to this situation? Do you like? Did I accidentally take acid? Yeah, I would think I was going crazy. It would be my thought. It's like, oh, man, I gotta go see. Like, I gotta go see someone. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is this is not okay. Um, what was in, what's in the water right now? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> How did I burn the entire kitchen down? <laughs> like, I think the- I think something like this would make me a conspiracy theorist nut. Like, I would be like, government's putting drugs in the water to make me think I burned my house down. <laughs> well, like, until, that's the only you know, reasonable until you know, explanation. You tried to stop until you know you tried to stop, and the the apartment was still burned down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but still, like, whatever, you could, chemtrails burn my house down. Yep, I'll believe you, because anything else makes more sense than why did my kid age and de-age in my arms? Uh, but, um, yep, let's cut into um, Olivia driving Peter. Um, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting question, though, Charlie. So, like, for, if there was, because like, I think about this sometimes a lot, because in a lot of um, like modern fantasy. <laughs> I think fantasy, about this sometimes a lot. <laughs> well, like, yeah, in modern <laughs> fantasy and that kind of stuff, there's like this veil of secrecy, like in Harry Potter um, or like in Percy Jackson, like where there is this cool like mystical world, but it's hidden behind this thing. And like normally people don't know about what's happening or what's like how it's going on. Um, but like, what if... Like, would you be jazzed to find out, like, magic and shit exists in, in our world? Like, if one day you're walking down the street and, like, I don't know, like, a dragon appears or something? Yeah, I think I think at first you'd be like, oh, holy shit. Like, like someone sits me down and is like, hey, dragons are real. Like, not even just, like, dragons. Or just, like, magic is real. Or, like, some, like oh, yeah, the Egyptian gods are real or something. Like, just, to, yeah, like, it, any it's kind not, of that kind it's of... It's not like I saw it and could write it off like someone has given me hard proof. Yeah, like, this is, this, the, like, everything you know about the world is false. People have been hiding it. This is what the reality is. Like, I don't think I'd All be right. down for that. I think David, I'd be upset. Two questions. <laughs> two, two questions off of this. First question, mm-hmm. does everyone else in the world know? No, no, like the full-on like Harry Potter kind of thing. Like there is a secret, like there's like a secret power or something has been hiding it from everyone. Like that kind of situation. I think you're okay. describing the X-Files. Uh, X-Files is less that though, because X-Files is no. just like supernatural things exist and we're like, like no, we're finding No, no, there's, there's government conspiracies all among X-Files. Yeah, Like I guess. It, it's literally a dude trying to 
sh- unveil to the world that UFOs are real and the government's mm-hmm. covering it up, and then the government covers it up. Okay, but so less that kind of government control, though, because like in again to go back to Harry Potter, like the the Muggle government is aware of the magic, or at least the Prime Minister is, but it's not like they're in on it, right? So yeah. I would probably so I would probably be like particularly terrified um if that were to be a thing, because I'm assuming that whatever it is is going to have significant powers that are going to look insane to us. And it'd be like, oh cool. So now it's not just, you know, a regulated thing of like, yes, these regulated people have the ability to like destroy or do insane things. It's just like, no, anyone on the street could have that at any time. And I don't want to live in the States. Uh... <laughs> way to make it political <laughs> but yeah no i don't think yeah i don't think i'd be happy I, about like, it. it it very much depends on what the specific thing is mm-hmm. who has it and like everything associated with that because it essentially like as with basically anything could be used like a weapon or something like that and it's like, oh, cool. This is just something that is just random. Some people have these things. Of course, mm-hmm. some of them are going to be insane. Um, and how's the regulation behind all of this? What's going on? What happens when, you know, someone learns that's not supposed to learn? Like, there's, there's a lot of things that I'd be like, oh, God, you know, I'm, I have a lot more to fear now in life than I used to, <laughs> even if the actual thing is, like, incredible. Yeah. I uh, just... We have a prison. It's out in the middle of the water. Soul-sucking monsters guard the prisoners, <laughs> and if someone finds out, we wipe their memory. Yeah, I'd, I'd not be happy for that. See, I think and then all cool. of a sudden, the fact that people can levitate or could like make themselves levitate using magical brooms would be way less cool to me. <laughs> but also, like the huge issue with Harry Potter is like, hey, you could solve like most of the world's problems. But you oh, don't. Yeah, it's the inherent selfishness of wizards to keep it secret. Like, um, but um, not the Harry Potter. I just don't think I'd be down for it because, like, as who I am currently, I don't think like I would get anything extra out of it. Like, <laughs> what would I be able to do with that knowledge, or like with those, like with the knowledge that this magical world exists? You get to be the human sidekick that keeps the story grounded. Oh, I don't want to do that. They always die. <laughs> so, so yeah, it is. It is what it's basically going back to inherent selfishness right back uh, is the thing with that. Um, because at the end of the day, you know that you're putting yourself in more danger with basically no benefit. Uh, yeah. Which sounds terrible um, when you say it like that. Now, yeah. if it was like, hey, we're doing this. Also, you know, we're stopping all of these horrible mm-hmm. things from happening. Um, and it's, you know, caused by like, you know, something just out in the human world like something normal that's happening it's like oh yeah by the way we're like you know both most of the most of the polluting that's happening we're like putting a decent stop to that then i'd be like okay cool there's benefits at least uh <laughs> but what would but you if, be like would you be able to like unless you're like the chosen one or like you have magical powers as well like there's nothing i feel like i don't have anything to contribute to that like well, yeah, I'd be like, cool, I'm sort of glad that I know, but depending, yeah. depending on the benefits and negatives that, it may, that it's like actually causing towards society. <laughs> the object of desire for two feuding vampire women. Yeah, we're flipping the gender roles on this one now. Sorry, one vampire woman, one werewolf one woman. I don't know if I want to be in the Twilight world. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone sparkles and plays baseball during thunderstorms. <laughs> remember those is, are is that, real is plot that, points is that now just, is that, is that that now just called dawn is, is that now just called dawn instead of twilight as well like 
No, it's one of the books is Breaking Dawn. Well, okay. She made the joke for you. Uh, Fine. All right. uh, Enough of a tangent. Where are we in this episode? Um, I also got to go feed my cat. I'll be right back. (laughs) Literally right Uh, after the cold open, as they drive down the highway in their brand new Nissan. Ooh, different car sponsor. Corporate sponsors abound in this episode. It's beautiful. Uh, (laughs) Can you tell the show had its budget cut? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, we learned that, um, yep, yeah, they're pretty sure that this has, that these weird, like, time loops and things have something to do with Peter. Um, so, time for some more testing. Um, but first, let's go to the crime scene and figure out what's going on there. And, oh, God, Lincoln's here. Why is Lincoln he here? He is still here. Who let him in? Listen, Lincoln can't just do shapeshifters all the time. There's, there's only, like, probably one of those out there now. Uh, they gotta find <laughs> something else for him to do. No, they don't. He could go take care of his partner's kids. Can you imagine how insane Lincoln would go if, they were, if French Team was just like, yep, your sole assignment is, the sh- is this one shapeshifter that's gonna be impossible to find. <laughs> They're all just laughing about it behind his back. He comes up and he's like, bro, sir, I think I found a lead. And he just hears bros being like, and then I told him to find the shapeshifter. But we know they're dead. He's off in Connecticut. Well, no, it'd be even worse if he's like, sir, I found a lead. But as soon as I followed up on the lead, they disappeared into someone else. And now we're back to square one. This happens like once a month. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, instead we go to uh, the crime scene. Peter and Olivia uh, meet Astrid and uh, Lincoln there. Um, they're looking through. Uh, they've we learned that I guess the fringe teams are sharing tech now, which is kind of cool. Yeah, because um, Astrid has a molecular cohesion detector spray thing. Um, it's, yeah, it's and it's in order to figure out if it's a, uh, a universe breaking thing, which is yeah, nice of them to actually give stuff to, to uh, yeah. our fringe team, not just hoard the tech. But hey, I, I like it's not a universe of, like, fringe thing. I really like the idea of our like of the like blue universe like fringe side being like, hey, you guys can borrow our tech, and they kind of look and they're like, we had all this stuff like thirty fucking years ago. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Bros, uh, like we no, got no. really good guns, and they're like, we have much better guns. No, no, they would see the amazing Sprint phones, and they would freak <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> oh, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I feel like ours would be much more of a cultural exchange. They're like, uh, here's here's a pocket MRI, and they're like, here's cats. I don't think they would. <laughs> I think that would cause war to happen again. <laughs> they're like, here's this universe breach detector, and they're like, have you heard of Alexander Hamilton? There's a new musical about him. They're it's like, like, oh yeah, you mean the second second president of America? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, this this musical doesn't work then. Um, what, what's what's your what's your equivalent? Oh, it's Aaron Burr, the Emperor of Mexico. Wait, what? <laughs> Whoa. Uh. Yeah, Mexico annexed America and then renamed it America. We're technically all Mexicans, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Well, no, this is a well, no. real life thing. Aaron Burr, after he killed Hamilton, went a little crazy and decided to try and annex Mexico by himself and declare himself king slash emperor. 
I, I like the idea. I like the idea of Mexico annexing the U.S. like that because think about it. There'd be so much less illegal immigration. Be easy. <laughs> Nick, why are you so political today? What happened? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're usually not like this. I know. As soon as we did the vote compass thing, it triggered something in him. <laughs> we were all relatively close together. <laughs> but he's the most left, so he has to be the most vocal about how bad the right is. Oh, and I guess I was the most right. <laughs> no, you're the centrist, David. You have to say both sides are actually the same because saying racism is bad and calling for segregation and lynching of black people is the same. <laughs> Don't right, forget your house. centrist roots. I mean, I mean, the Texas thing, holy shit. Like, I can understand why being political with that, that just fucking happened. Yeah, the... Hey, you keep we, talking like that, I'm going to sue you in private court for $10,000. You're going to fucking Listen. claim a bounty on me is what it fucking yeah. sounds like. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Texas. What the fuck are you guys doing? We, we do not have enough time to fully get into and You know what Texas isn't doing? All that shit, so. Discussing with the fire chief how this fire seems basically impossible. Exactly. I, Thank and you, how how the scorched area is a perfect sphere, and then they learned the building had been burned four years ago. And hey, that kid looks to be maybe like five and a half years old. Uh, probably younger than that. I don't she know. De- young she definitely looked ages. like she was only a couple months old when she got turned into infant. So probably four and a bit. Yeah, I don't know how old kids are. <laughs> Fair you, enough. You, you show me a kid anywhere between the ages of one and ten, and I will guess wrong. <laughs> this is a so, child. So you, they so go, how old is that really kid? Great. And I'm like, I know they're walking around, they're talking to me. They got to be nine, and they're like, they're three. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> so, so what I was slightly worried after, like after hearing this, what I was slightly glad that Fringe didn't do um, is they 100 could have included the husband's charred body. Um, in this, <laughs> and explained like, look, yeah, no, that's she's a single mom now. Uh, oh my god, there's the reason why <laughs> because of the fire four years. I thought was, they also they could s- have had her be pregnant and then not pregnant again. Yeah, that oh, would yeah, no, see there that would have so been many worse. ways that they could have made this so much more fucked. Uh, they hey, they showed some um sympathy to the viewer i guess and didn't fuck us over like that yeah i'm glad that now charlie and i have both made like two different ways that this could have been even more fucked than it was uh yeah but in any case they're like okay definitely a time event it looped back four years brought it to the present day somehow hey peter this is probably all your fault walter's gonna go poke you with a sharp stick we're gonna make walter poke you with a sharp stick because (laughs) walter doesn't want to so in order to make Walter poke you with a sharp stick, you need to be quiet, and he's wearing a blindfold. Almost. Instead, Walter performs the briefest examination possible. Um, and spends about 30 seconds going, Yep, Peter seems to be fine. Look, he's not phasing in and out. All right, bye. Fuck this guy. I'm going to go back to my room now. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't even call him like guy. He's like, the subject is solid and has no abnormal radiation. Peace. <laughs> yeah, he, he uses it as Peter's pronoun here as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> How progressive. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and then he goes back to his room in the lab, and Peter's like, wait, what, he's living here? And since when? And Olivia's like, ever since I checked him out, Dumbo. You're dead, you fucking moron. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. They're very mean to Peter for no reason. Like, I mean, no, wait, there's a so reason. So we are more mean to Peter than they are, but yes, they are mean to Peter here. There, there is a hundred percent a reason. Like this dude has been haunting your waking time and your sleeping time, and he claims to be like your lover and your son, and he showed up out of nowhere, and now the universe is breaking. I would kind of be a little he, bit pissed also, at him. Also, he was a blue man for a little while. Um, <laughs> um like the but... same way I hate Lincoln, I could understand hating Peter. <laughs> Can you? Can you? Because so, I don't think there's a valid reason why we hate Lincoln. I think we just he's choose a to fucking hate him. creep. I don't so, think he's as creepy as we make oh, him out to be. Oh, marry me, Folivia. You <laughs> okay, pregnant? Yeah. Okay, that Lincoln. Yeah, that that Lincoln's a fucking creep. This, I mean, this our Lincoln, Lincoln is still reasonably cool, though. Uh, I will argue. <laughs> oh no, best friend, friend partner, <laughs> you happen to die. Guess I get to sleep with your wife and hug your kids goodnight. Yeah, nothing wrong with this Lincoln at all. It's not canon. It's it is not now. Like, it's never been brought up once. JJ texted me and said we're right. Listen, show me the text message. I can't. He had me delete it because it contains Star Trek spoilers. Wait, he's not Post that text in. message on, for, on the Forsnap Twitter, Charlie. That's the only place that I'll accept it. He made me delete it. He's got and then, advanced and then technology. And at J.J. Abrams with it. You best at J.J. Abrams with it as well. Uh, you don't know this J.J. Abrams. He goes to school in Canada. You've never met him before. I see. At the actor um, who plays Lincoln. <laughs> We do learn in this scene, though, as well, that, um, yeah, no, Walter had some visions of Peter before he came back, and Olivia was seeing him in dreams, um, but Peter has no recollection of this, um, which is a bit strange. And hey, good on Peter at this point for not acting like a creep and being like, yeah, no, what were your dreams like? Did it seem like we were together or something? Uh, (laughs) Were we dating? Do we hold hands, maybe? Wouldn't you like me? Check yes or maybe. (laughs) It would have been really funny if we like held hands in your dream, huh? Wouldn't that be so stupid, right? (laughs) Can I put my Minecraft pet next to yours? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, our Minecraft character. It looks like they're kissing when we crouch. That's so stupid, right? We we wouldn't do that in real life. Unless. I'm so glad that you guys portray all the male characters in Fringe as insane creeps. It reflects real well on you guys as a whole. Uh. The fucking timing on that unless was perfect. Oh. oh my god. I'm crying. <laughs> Oh, but Peter, doesn't Peter like pull out a whiteboard and is like, time to math my way out of this like the engineer I am? Yeah. And then starts drawing a universe breaking lookup table. Yeah, it's essentially, well, if Walter won't help, I'm going to do my best. So he starts doing all the fringe science and we get a time lapse or like, uh, do we cut to another scene or do we just cut straight to? We cut cut to uh, the teenagers. um, Ah, okay. Driving at night. Those, those terrible teenagers. 
They're driving enough. at night. They're apparently late to some location, and this kid likes this band or some shit. Blah 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 they're, blah. They're, blah. They're, they're late for a concert, and the the kid's an asshole and doesn't like openers, and is like, "Listen, we're just going for the main band. It's fine." Wow, this kid's a dick. <laughs> and he's not paying attention to the road. Like he keeps looking back, and it's like, y'all know you can like talk and look in a different ah. direction at the same time. It's not that All hard. Right. I have I have I have a quick story that I have to tell about being fucking late for a concert. That kind God, of Nick, me off. we always try to stay on topic in this podcast, and it's really annoying that you're tangenting us right now. But I'll let it go Just this one worst. time. Just the worst. So, <laughs> fucking um, you. So, Imagine Dragons came to uh, Toronto back in twenty. Okay, I'm so. imagining a dragon. God damn yep, it! There you go. There you go. Uh, and the opener, none of us really knew. Uh, but hey, um, my family, like my dad got tickets and he got tickets down in like the like mosh pit. So this was like right up beside the band, which was super, super cool. Wait, um, does it, imagine dragons warrant a mosh pit? No, but the, like st- the stage that we were at, it's the Budweiser stage. So they have like all the seats that are far back, but then also there's like a little area in the front where you can fit like a. A couple hundred people when it's very full. Okay, so like, um, like a right standing band, a standing area, the standing room. The the yeah, stand. But cause... when you say standing room, you imagine at the back. This is standing room directly at the front. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I would, I would so still stayed, call that a mosh pit. Like they're probably not it's, moshing. It's the mosh it, pit but... zone. But then it's uh, not a mosh pit. You you have no, to be moshing mosh for it to zone. be a mosh pit. It's just a pit. Then <laughs> they're just in the pit. Uh, all right. Anyways. <laughs> Just saying. So awesome, awesome place to awesome place to catch a concert from. Um, you know, it's super cool. If you get there early, you get to see all the bands up close, and it's like a really great thing. Uh, my dad's like, "Nah, we'll make it in time for uh, for the concert. Uh, we we don't know this opener. It'll be fine." Um, yeah, we made it like ten minutes into Imagine Dragons starting to play, and I heard Radioactive outside of the concert venue. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's their big song. And that opener, yeah, Billy Eilish. We, they opened with it. It was like, oh, cool. I'm glad I don't get to hear that song in concert. <laughs> Concerts are fun. I'm looking forward to maybe going. Maybe. I'm so ex- I was so excited for the first concert that I have like booked to go to. Uh, Unless really things go to shit. <laughs> I have a I really firm dislike of concerts. That's unfortunate yeah. for you, Charlie. No, see, it's, it's fine for me. And everyone is always like, oh, man, you just got to go concert no because i don't like super loud music and i don't like the recorded version is the version they were like this is the best thing that people can hear multiple times so why wouldn't i just listen to that multiple times i can see charlie's point of view and if charlie doesn't like concerts he doesn't like concerts like that's not a big deal (laughs) this this is fair i can argue that point of view or i can also bring up that one time that charlie was secretly trying to also get into the one concert that i was going to uh what was the one concert um, the Fleetwood Mac concert. Oh, this because it's fucking Fleetwood Mac, man. <laughs> like I, there are exceptions to every rule. Uh, anyways, Fleetwood Mac is awesome. definitely one of them. Oh man, that was, I got that into was a great a, concert. I got into like a two-hour argument once with someone in first year about the saying, like the exception that proves the rule. And how they just couldn't get into their goddamn small-brained head what that saying meant. And I was fucking explaining. And they just refused to listen. And I got so frustrated. 
See, this is why you need to carry a whiteboard around with you so you can draw diagrams. I just, I'm just like, okay. So the fact that you're saying this is an exception and notable because of it means there is a rule, right? So the exception proves the rule. And he's just like, nah, that makes no sense. This just the rule doesn't apply. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking strangle you. <laughs> Jesus, David, why so, why so angry all the time? It was two hours of my life, my dude. You don't get that back. That's fair. All right. You do if you're in you know weird the time loops. Don't get back. The two Ooh. hours of this episode's gonna be. Uh... <laughs> yeah, kids are. Hey, listeners, sorry. Kids everyone. are driving. Uh, driver's not looking, and oh no, he almost hit a train. But the train is kind of phasing in and out of existence, which is like neat. But also, probably don't touch it. Uh... Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still a moving train. Like, don't touch a moving train, even yeah. if it's not phasing in and out of existence. <laughs> Because it's going over a, a bit of like decommissioned track, so like weird localized one. I would throw something at the train and see what happens, or stand and get a <laughs> selfie and see if you get kicked in the head. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so the kids all manage to survive because the uh, I guess the main dude has fast reflexes, so they stop the car. They all look out at it, and then we cut back to Peter, who's been working on the whiteboard problem for quite a while, and he's very frustrated because he can't figure it out. Yeah, he'll never get this coding job at that rate. There's too many. There's too many variables, and I don't know what all the constants are. I think is what he says. Which, hey, yeah, fair enough. Well, no, too many variables, not enough constants. Which, (laughs) Peter, what you really need are more equations that relate these things. And um, Olivia and them, him have a conversation, at which point Walter comes out and he's like, hey, Olivia, I would make a bologna sandwich. Do you want one? Um, Olivia's mm-hmm. like, no, but, but I mean, we could use help solving this fringe case. And Walter is like 100% the sass master. And it's just <laughs> like, well, when my lab is free to use, I can help. And he stomps away from well, the he's sandwich. Like, he's like, I will be glad to help you, Olivia, when my lab is available for only me. <laughs> and sashay away and he also steals peter's reference book because he's like ah i've been meaning to read this <laughs> yeah fuck you get and out Peter's of my a, lab please peter is an engineer so he's nothing without his lookup tables <laughs> <laughs> they're so useful all the time <laughs> but yeah this is this is where peter finds out oh hey you've been seeing me in your dreams cool <laughs> Um. And uh, Lincoln interrupts the, you know, math session that's occurring. Uh, yeah. To say, hey, uh, we found another one. Um, Peter's kids that almost got hit by a train. <laughs> Lincoln just pulls in and <laughs> just goes, we got one. Peter's like, is that a Ghostbusters reference? <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to go get the alpha radiation dequ- uh, detection equipment, turns around and then grabs it and then goes to follow them. And oh, hey, look. He's here. Yeah, which would be cool. Like, I don't care about... No, I do care about Miss Time. That shit's terrifying. That would fuck with me. Charlie, once again, once again, this happens this happens with, this happens to you like once in your life. What are you doing with that knowledge? Just like once in your life, you know, you like grab something and then all of a sudden you skip ahead like five hours. Um, Oh no, I'm I'm fucked up for months after that. Speaking Speaking from personal experience, you get real careful about not banging your head on things again. <laughs> hey, what, <laughs> about, what happens? What about when drinking you grab too much on New Year's? 
that's different. <laughs> hey, did, you, do you remember the fireworks last New Year's or two New Year's ago, Nick? They were really nice, weren't they? Uh, no, because I was dropping someone off. Um... <laughs> Nick was being responsible <laughs> and taking care of people. This was, I, I was I, I, a I shot just, at David, I, who was passed out. Instead, it was a shot at uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> There were fireworks? What an asshole. (laughs) Was I there? Was I conscious at the moment? You were. I remember saying Happy New Year's to you. I don't remember saying that. And then we drank. And then you sang and you sleep. (laughs) Well, there were some other things that occurred in the meantime. Good to know I was having a good time. That's all that matters, I guess. It's just me lying in bed making sure my girlfriend is okay. And that you're okay, bouncing between the two, and then finally settling down, like, ah, I can sleep. And just from a full floor away, I hear David going, your taste is bad. (laughs) I should listen to those recordings again. I don't know what I was singing. (laughs) They're wonderful. It was, yeah, anyway. But yeah, hey, um, Peter's missing time, and they didn't want to write the transition from the lab into... The train yards, they're like, actually, why don't we just make the cut part of the episode? Fuck it. <laughs> it was very cool. Like, that was a very well done cut. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, to be uh, fair, they've done two really good cuts off of this, right? Like, this is the second one. Um, yeah, the, the had... cold open one is also really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Peter's like, hey, uh, how did we uh, get here? And Lincoln kind of looks at him and like, we drove? <laughs> <laughs> um and Peter's like, oh, uh, all right. Anyways, I guess I'll uh start working. And Lincoln's like, are you okay? He's like, no, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> I just had one of those little like time anomaly things. Lincoln's like, oh, all right. Uh, well, um, let us know what you find. And he's like, okay. I w-. and then he's in the car and they're leaving. And he's like, wait, oh, come on. Well, oh, he fuck, what's happening? He like grabs the bumper because the car's got like. All this frost no, 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 no. over it. That happens later. That happens so later. Because oh, he's okay. back in he's in the car now and he's then explains to them, like, yeah, so I've been having these weird time leaps. Um, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but yeah, definitely and then he leaps back to the Back to um, when they exit the car and get yeah. to this, get to the yeah. spot. He's like, ah fuck, this is gonna be annoying. <laughs> At least I can actually check the radiation now. <laughs> so then he pulls out the radiation device checks it finds the cars covered in this radiation and then he like touches the bumper it's covered in dust and he like just tears the bumper off of his bare hands <laughs> and he's like oh that's not normal and he goes hey guys i got and he holds out his hand and then he's back in the car again and at which goes, point um lincoln and olivia both do the sensible thing and are like why didn't you mention this to us when we were at the site <laughs> like what <laughs> He's like, I just found out when I went back there. And they're like, wait, what are you talking about? Uh, from, so from their perspective, things have to be so fucked. Because Peter had to be like, hey, guys, take a look at this. And then just like think, stops for a second and goes, actually, never mind. And goes about, does some more science. But yeah, but he's, he, but he's he also like... Or did he just stand there T-posing? <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, what he went back into the car and T-posed. <laughs> yeah, do you... It, yeah. Peter also <laughs> says, like... <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. He also says, hey, there's a shit ton of radiation there. Those kids need to be tested for radiation poisoning. And they're probably yeah. going to die of cancer later on in life, but whatever. Um, also, and, um, But he's like, more importantly, it's not my fault. 
this type of radiation is caused by humans, um, which I well, do like how he tries to specify humans. Uh, yeah, well, specifically, he says this kind of radiation isn't natural. Like, there's no natural way in nature for this kind of radiation to happen. It's really only something that can be triggered on purpose, typically by humans, I think is how he coaches his words there. They're um, like, but you're human, right? It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> which I also don't think is true. What, that Peter's not human? No, that this radiation can't be created in nature. Uh, it's neutron radiation. I think at the levels that it was at. Um... Probably at the levels, yeah. Um, I was listening, so I was listening to an audiobook called Atomic Awakening. That's all about like the history of like nuclear science and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys know that at one point there was a naturally occurring nuclear reactor? Wait, what? Oh, that's cool. Like they so a bunch basically uh, in some point in the eighties there was a French uh, nuclear team who was working with some um, uranium and they're like huh that's really weird the uranium we got is all like partially depleted like this it's the only way this could happen is if someone like used this uranium in a reactor which doesn't make any sense because this is highly regulated at the moment and like the entire world knows exactly where all the uranium is going so they do some investigations and they find out the mining spot where they're mining the uranium. Just the way it was naturally formed was uh, exactly at, like a reactor, and there was enough water and enough like uh, natural minerals and stuff that the radiation wasn't detectable, and just the uranium was fissioning deep underground. That's super cool. <laughs> just in a natural state, and they're like, "Huh, that's, that's weird." That's pretty wild, actually. Nice. Huh. In the meantime, we find out who's causing the time anomaly. Yes. Yeah, we finally cut to random people. Uh, it's it's Barry's best friend and his wife. Everyone saw okay. that HBO show, right, Barry? Oh, no, I haven't seen Barry. I heard good things about it, though. Yeah, it's Bill Hader as a hitman who joins an improv group. And it's very awkward. But it also has a dude with alopecia named, it's like Soho Ken or something like that. And he's he's fantastic, and he's like, "We're gonna DHL him a bullet, and then you're gonna kill him." And it'll be <laughs> hilarious because he's like, "Why did I get a bullet in the mail?" And then Barry has to wait three hours for him to actually get the bullet. Yeah, go watch Barry. It's fun. It's supposed to be very good. Um, but yeah, so there uh, we essentially come to them. Um, the uh engineer Steven, or do we learn their names at this point? It's Raymond and Kate. <laughs> Raymond has like an old school style like Casio watch and you can see he has a timer like because he checks a timer and it's like 45 seconds left. Um, so he's like, okay, um, hey, my wife that you're working on this, like all these differential equations and stuff. Do you need me to do anything? And she's like, oh, no, I'm okay. Do you remember to take your cholesterol? Like it's a very sweet sort of moment um, where he's like, oh, I told you I turned over a new leaf. You don't have to remind me about things anymore, which is. Later, we learn on very tragic why he had to turn over a new leaf. Yeah, but yeah. he's like, yeah, I, I like, ah, oh, what would I do without you? Um, let me go get you a cup of tea, and he goes gets the cup of tea, and then suddenly we can see like something happens, um, and he is very downtrodden as he heads back into the room, and his wife is now, uh, just like, sort of semi catatonic, but very much not, um, like. Yeah, she doesn't recognize him. She's, She's not fully mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's very clear that she has um Alzheimer's. Uh not a great situation for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really shitty. 
Yeah. yeah. So we go back to the lab. Walter is decidedly not helping. He's just listening to some rock music on old headphones. Which looks like a those, sweet listening setup. Uh, yeah, those remind me of those bulky headphones you used to get in computer labs. Like the blue <laughs> ones. Ugh, those things were horrible. Hurt your ears. Didn't we see him using these headphones before when he was trying to drown out? Um, I, uh, I think he so. Was, he was using big speakers then. Okay. He didn't he have headphones as well, speakers. I thought. I think we've I, seen those head, headphones he before. We probably okay. have, but... Yeah. yeah. Probably when we had um, the Doc Brown as a musician episode. Probably, probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's not helping. They're trying to figure it out. They have a big map drawn, and then they start to draw on the map the locations. <laughs> I, I got so afraid and go. my fears became reality. And then Peter goes, this. oh, man, we need to find the pattern. And I'm like, oh, God. And Walter's like, it's super <laughs> obvious if you just draw a spiral around. No, oh, it's Fibonacci. He doesn't well, do that no, yet. Because he's like, we only have two points. Can't really find a pattern between two. And Lincoln's like, what about four? I got two more. And they draw like a box on the map. And Walters stands up, pulls off his headphones, like, I have my hypothesis. Snells. And he draws the um, uh, Snells line circle thingy, which is the... No, he was, he was talking fib- about snails, and this is, this is a Fibonacci, this is the Fibonacci sequence oh, sorry, brought yeah. into this... the golden spiral. Yeah. Uh... Which is... Uh, okay, Fringe. God, <laughs> God fucking damn it, Fringe. Why I'm so upset. So so bad at making interesting map scenes like come on i'm so upset like (laughs) you guys you guys saw i fucking posted the discord server when that happened being like you've got to be kidding me (laughs) we memed this shit it's not supposed to keep happening (laughs) but it does yeah, so they're like, but oh, it does. it's at the, whatever the center of this is, is definitely where the um, uh, looks, source of whatever. I'm, I feel defeated now after this. Looks, this, time, this time at least, there's no random link to Walter or Peter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least. It's just a random neighborhood. Cool. Let's go there, guys. They pull Peter up and arrives, Walter's like, like, I once abused grad students in this very neighborhood peter's like this is where big eddie lives wait what <laughs> that would like really big good. eddie you mean the famous boston crime lord who only recently was brought to justice <laughs> no it's gonna be like you mean mayor big eddie <laughs> beloved mayor of boston <laughs> currently running for a spot on the u.s senate what what are you talking about after seven terms as mayor <laughs> <laughs> i'd buy that i'd vote big eddie <laughs> especially if on the ballot it said big eddie <laughs> his first name is he legally changed it to big well no, no, no david it wouldn't be big eddie it would be big edward and like his his like like surname, like instead of like Mister, it would be Big. Um, It'd be Big Miss Edward, Big Edward something. Uh. Uh, so they head to the location. Oh, it's just we like... we did miss a scene of Raymond taking the notebook where his wife is scribbling equations, takes oh, yeah. it down into his basement, starts typing them into. I can only assume like MATLAB or LaTeX. 
I assumed it's just LaTeX. <laughs> yeah. He's hitting like two keys and all these equations are popping up. And um, it feeds into a giant machine. And he flips a switch and like electricity happens. And then a clock starts and he has 47 minutes. And right. when he comes back upstairs, one, his wife is back this. to writing on the writing the equation. Yeah. I what have is one your... nitpick on this. What's the your clocks nitpick? are wrong. The clocks are different. All the timers are different. Literally all of them. Mm-hmm. That the, the that's woman, actually the... an Easter egg to show you that the time loop is unstable. That's actually the next episode clue. <laughs> it's a subtle foreshadowing to show you that time travel is happening. Charlie, so, we, so... we use the same voice to make dumb nerd complaints that we do with Lincoln being a creep. <laughs> yep. Because Lincoln Pretty also sure. also makes dumb nerd complaints. Lincoln would be a fan of Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's actually a very intelligent show. Uh, to be yeah, fair, you have to have a like high IQ. By over two, like they're off by like two seconds, and it just made me so annoyed. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. This isn't a science. It's just random. Your your machine doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. Hey, well, I mean, hey. Which is he's kind just, of fair. He's just an engineer. Precision isn't his thing. Uh, that's... <laughs> I'll Electrical engineer, I sure hope his precision is a thing. Uh, What's the difference between 50 volts and 500 volts? Like, there's no difference. A resistor is a magnitude. resistor is a resistor. <laughs> that one's melting, add more. Uh, Who needs to learn your color bands? Just guess. <laughs> Keep going till the tingling stops. Um, but yeah, he does his he does his magic on the computer. Um, the, the timer starts t- uh, ticking down, and look, he's back to that same scene with his wife, and she's asking the same question. But writing new equations. Yes. Ooh. And when he Going looks further at... off the equations, she's got yeah. the new pen that he gave her, and she's writing the rest yeah. of the equations. It's yeah. not even a pen; it's like a freaking sharpie. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she's she's one of those monsters that uses a sharpie and bleeds through like seven fucking pages. Uses um, sharpies on a freaking logbook. What a monster! <laughs> she she has to get like a hundred and ten like pound like stock weight paper just so that it doesn't bleed through to the next page. Ugh, <laughs> the worst. I think it's basically hey. poster board bound. Stationery is uh, very important, Charlie. <laughs> I was gonna say, but hey, outside the stationary massacring uh there's some cops outside and raymond's like they're on to me they know (laughs) and like hey here's a tip for anyone doing anything illegal if you see cops just like out and about and they're not specifically targeting you act like you haven't done anything wrong that's how a lot of people get caught you're not guilty till they've caught you you're not guilty until you look guilty that's how it works right (laughs) yeah no like there's a bunch of cases where like Oh, a guy was pulled over and found to have a dead hooker and $8 million in cocaine in his trunk. The only reason he got pulled over is he saw a cop while parked at a red light and sped off thinking the cop knew what he did. And so he ran the red and he got pulled over for running a red. And it's like, just don't. Keep that cocaine in dead hooker. You weren't hey, Charlie. Hey, Charlie, really maybe don't be... give tips to criminals. Yeah, I was just going to say, should we really be giving <laughs> advice to criminals? I would like I would like all of the people who have murdered a hooker and have eight million dollars of cocaine in their trunk arrested. Surprisingly, I, I don't wow. know if it's a hot take. Wow, like, fascist! Hey, if you're ever in that situation, run every red light. 
That's cops will never see it coming. I really want see, my entire advice line there to be bleeped out and just go, yeah, we're not going to have that in here. <laughs> well, no, that's, what, that's what we had to do like that episode. That's what we had to do that one time. Nick started giving instructions how to make a bomb. And I went, what are you doing? Was it a bomb? It was a. It was some sort of bomb or like explosive or like poison or something. And he just started like, this is the wrong way to do it. What you need to do is this. And I was like, Nick, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you really want to blow up, you need to be the FBI agent who goes inside the time bubble to knock on the door and is like, this... something doesn't feel right. <laughs> This poor dude. <laughs> I thought it was so needless for him to, I thought yeah. it was just going to age, but no, yeah. He goes into knocking the door, and then before he gets to the door, he freaks out and then just vanishes into dust. Yeah, it's it's not great. Uh, Ray has also... Um, he also takes his wife into the basement and is like, hey, super important. I know you had a breakthrough on the equation. Um, time bubbles are possible. You're living in one. You need to finish the equation so I can keep this shit going longer than 47 minutes and your brain never deteriorates to the point you don't recognize me anymore. Okay, cool math. <laughs> um, um, yes, she... that might happen in like two or three different scenes, but yes, that is yeah. that is the next like half of the rest of the episode. Charlie has just she, explained. She uh, susses it out like very well because like he shows her the machine and then she's kind of instantly like, what year is it? He's like, uh 2007 she's like no no no. what year is it outside the time bubble you idiot (laughs) like i'm not a dumbass and he's like it's it's 2000 it's 2011 and she's like what like why are you doing this what happened and he kind of just stares at her and she's just like oh no what happened to me (laughs) because she's a very intelligent woman she figures it out very quickly she's an intelligent woman for now (laughs) oh no (laughs) For about four more years. Oh. <laughs> oh no, David! It's one year. There's a reason why she goes on. Why she retires three years yeah, ago. Th- he does. He does say it learn. took him three years to build the machine as well. So yeah. yeah well, no, we yeah. we are just about to get the briefing from Broyles of look. There's an electrical engineer. Here's our one throwaway for how we know he's an electrical engineer. Oh, okay. okay, uh, okay. And a theoretical physicist um, from Boston University. Oh, look, she retired three years ago. That's kind of weird. Oh, because of early onset Alzheimer's. Oh, no. Uh, yep. And the French um, team understands what's going on now. Uh, so, suddenly, everything is very clear about why this time bubble exists. <laughs> um, fortunately, Peter's come up with a potential way to get past it, um, because Faraday cages are a wonderful, beautiful thing that solve everything, it turns out. They're magic. Uh, They're magic and we should worship them. <laughs> they are magic. We should worship them. Also, we should stick metal um, like spikes in between, like on either side of our spine. Because um, so that, that makes a Faraday cage. Yep. Yeah, totally. That's that's how that works. Um, but yeah, Peter <laughs> explains his idea. Walter's like, any b- baboon would know about Faraday cages. And he gets very angry and then he starts ordering Astrid around to get the stuff. To make, um, to one. make one yeah um she kind of just sighs he also calls her astrid here just like full up just her actual name which i thought was interesting hey it's not claire this time <laughs> <laughs> um so uh yeah then we get the scene back where they're explaining stuff um we cut back again to astrid arriving at fringe team um or they're staked out of the house um oh we'd get a scene as well where olivia pours or sprays fingerprint dust so they can figure out the exact 
uh, area of the time sphere as well, and, and they can figure like, out the perimeter. Yeah, it like, basically covers the entire property of the house, which makes sense. It's big. Don't throw things in there. They will die. Um, mm-hmm. But also, now throw Peter in there, because we've, we've got Peter hooked up to this Faraday cage. Yep. Uh, so go, person that Walter hates. Um, I I'm mean, sure Walter didn't put anything weird in this Faraday cage. You say Faraday cage. It's a Faraday vest. It is very stylish. It's a, it's a Faraday harness of belts strapped together with cords. He does. He so would. David, he would look right in place in Mad Max. And then so I David, think something that stabs into Peter's spine, right? Yeah. Either side of the spine. Either side of the spine. So David, if we happen to go to uh, Value Village and we saw this as a, you know, just there. Yeah, it would be like hell yeah. That that looks like a great ha- uh, Halloween costume. Halloween is coming up. I don't know if we're doing anything for Halloween. We're, defi- we're definitely not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could do a little get together ourselves. But... Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, but no, I would be mostly concerned about what like weird estate the blood sale that was coming like... from those spikes. <laughs> yeah, like where did they get this? Why isn't this evidence in someone like yeah? In a... Why isn't this being held by the police somewhere in an investigation? It raises a lot more <laughs> questions. Um, but yeah, they. Peter penetrates the bubble um, and doesn't explode. Um, Did you have to phrase it that way? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Enters the time bubble and survives. Nope. He penetrates the bubble. First and... he gropes around in it with his hand. Then he penetrates it. Penetrates the bubble and doesn't blow. <laughs> oh, no. And he makes sure to remember his protection. <laughs> yeah. He fingers it first. Then... <laughs> He makes Peter, sure he's got the pr- appropriate protection before penetrating the bubble. Peter pulls his dick out and starts fucking the time bubble. Is is that is that the joke we're going with now? Just full on penetrative sex. <laughs> Rick right. Walter, the Faraday belt works. My dick's still here. <laughs> I'm glad that Peter decided that that was the most expendable part of his body, was, was the penis. I'm not using this anymore, am I? Uh, so yeah, he goes in. He, he, goes, he goes, I won't need my dick anymore. Right, Olivia? Right? Unless. <laughs> so he enters the tie bubble. He goes into the house. We're back in the basement. They're, uh, the couple's discussing stuff. And then they hear noise coming from upstairs. It's Peter. He's exploring, he comes down to the basement, and then he just gets bonked on the head. <laughs> Whoops, concussion. Nature snooze butt. Yep, passes out. <laughs> and uh, that's not really not good for him, but whatever. Kate's kind of um, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she's like, what did you just do? That's probably a cop. <laughs> and he's like, listen, oh. just f- fix, fix. If you get the machine done and you figure it out, we, we can, like, I can get the time bubble perfect, and then we'll be safe. And like you'll you'll be here, and then I, I we won't have to go back to what it was before. We won't have to go back to the world where you don't even remember who I am. Um, and she kind of like waffles about the situation. Peter comes back uh, to consciousness, picks up a baseball bat, and threatens them. Um, <laughs> well, well, there's an important meanwhile that's happened with this. Um, meanwhile, they determined the next location um, where this the the oh you know, yes, yes, yes. The, the side effect of the time bubble is going to occur. And huh, it's a it's a bridge that didn't exist four years ago. That's you know built under uh, like you know a river. 
Um, so yeah, if that bridge goes away, ooh, all right, Lincoln, drown. All right, Lincoln, you're the most expen- expendable character that we have. Go to the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get the bridge evacuated, um, and he rushes over there. Um, so and... yeah, wh- while Peter's knocked out, we get to see Lincoln pull out his fantastic cell phone and using Sprint's amazing coverage, send a video <laughs> to Astrid. Can you can you imagine video calling in an underground tunnel? Truly, Think about that for a you second. can't even do that now. We can't truly, do that now. Truly, Sprint is amazing. <laughs> this fucking this fucking universe knows how to knows how to penetrate the ground with their signals. Why? No, what, what they don't explain is that Sprint sponsored the building of that bridge, so they have special cellular ah. signals outputs in the bridge. There's antennas Just... running the length of the bridge. <laughs> yep. that, that sounds that sounds suspiciously like what the Toronto subway system has. <laughs> you guys know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. it's great. Oh, um, there's there's one network that works in the Toronto subway tunnels. Um, I ain't no city liquor. <laughs> All right, fucking weirdos licking licking cities. <laughs> <laughs> moving past that one, um, I only lick yeah. countryside. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad you finished the word country there, David. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Australian. I can't say that word as freely. (laughs) Anyways, episode, episode. Lincoln sending the picture. Lincoln sending the video. video. we We can see that the water's starting to, like, uh, take over the bridge is starting to disappear and water is starting to take the place of it so they're freaking out um peter's trying to negotiate with the couple about hey okay i'm gonna turn this machine off and she's like no no no, don't do that if you do if you turn it off incorrectly we'll all be evaporated or like we'll explode um he's like okay well then can you then you need to turn this machine off and she's just like um okay i will but i want immunity for my husband like he didn't know what he was doing uh he's innocent like he had he's best an, of intentions he, he's an idiot once, and doesn't again, understand once again showing how smart kate is being like all right i know i've got a little bit of leverage uh <laughs> i still care well, also, for my husband also fully taking like this was me i did this yep i did <laughs> Um. Yeah. I, again, kudos to Kate. Kate is like in control of the situation, even though Kate, she's like Kate. Look, Kate figures out what's going on, then hears it from Raymond, and then figures out a plan and does her fucking absolute best in this episode. They do a really good job with her character. I love it. Yeah. Uh, um. So Peter is like, I, I gotta go talk to the FBI, and so he walks out. Um. He goes to talk to Olivia on the border of the time bubble. They, they have like radio communication still, which is somewhat working. Um, Don't worry about it. Shapeshifters, uh, <laughs> shapeshifters, shapeshifters. Uh. So there uh, he's like, okay, yeah, uh, they'll turn off the machine, but they want immunity for the husband. Um, and Olivia's like, uh, okay, fine. I guess what, whatever, as long as they do it before, like all these people die on that bridge. And Peter's like, okay, cool. Um, meanwhile, Broyles down Broyles, Broyles looks on and goes, "Damn it, they've got us where they need." <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, the couple's discussing things down there, and he's like, "No, I, I can't go back. Like, I need to like help you. Like, oh, I know. Uh, if I have immunity, I can just rebuild the machine. Like, you, you, you solved the equation. You said you solved it. So just write the equation down. I'll rebuild the machine. We'll move somewhere where no one will be hurt. Like, uh, no one will have bad effects, and we can just we could be together, and we can have like all the time in the world." 
Um, and she, Kate's like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, that sounds good. Here, give me the pen. And she starts writing, air quotes, back in the book. And um, he's like kind of looking. Um, this is a really sad episode. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This, this episode joking. is super fucking depressing. We've been joking a lot throughout it, but I think that's mostly because this is actually a very sad episode. <laughs> it's a wonderfully written episode. It's, but it's very, very sad. Holy crap. Um, and so Peter comes back. Uh, he's like closes the book. She's like, or they have the book hidden, and he's like, okay, cool. Turn off the machine. You'll have immunity. Like I got everything. And she's like, okay, uh, and. She goes and uh, disables a bunch of the contraption and then, like, flips a switch. Machine turns off. Uh, bridge stops disappearing into time. Everyone's saved and everyone is, like, good. Um, yeah, everyone lives. Um, but Kate disappears back to her time, but not before leaning on the table and uh, grabbing the book with her. Yep. The uh, sort of uh, completed book. Um the we come back to later on all the fbi is sort of investigating the house and sort of looking for more evidence or like taking evidence um he is talking to his wife like oh don't don't worry about why there's so many people here it's okay uh like it's me blah 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 blah. i just need to go answer some questions now like everything will be okay he goes um and as he does he stops uh opens a cupboard and pulls out the book um and he's like excellent this will have the completed uh equation and he opens it and he realizes that every single line of the equation has been blacked out um and he's like freaking out he's saying no 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 and he looks to the last page and it's the uh like the um basically last message from his wife which is the uh i forget what it is exactly but it's like i love you Mm -hmm. i love you how you repay me just love me and live your life which is which is absolutely heartbreaking super (laughs) Super heartbreaking, but I I don't know. I have a, a I have a problem. Like, it's a very nice sentiment, but he is still going to live trapped, taking care of her. Like, it's, so so David David. It's just very heartbreaking. Been, yeah, what he's what Raymond has been trying to do this entire time is fix someone, um, mm-hmm. so that he can repay them for all of the love that they showed him. When would he? Yeah. What the entire point of like what this episode is trying to say is. Hey, the best way that you can do to repay that is just love them as they are now. Yeah, uh, it's got too real. We need funnies. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I get the messaging behind it. It's just the reality of taking care of someone with late stage Alzheimer's just seems heartbreaking. Like, oh no, it sounds like some of the like, it sounds awful. Like, yeah. Like that is just don't get me don't get me wrong. It's a to- completely shitty situation that he's in. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I just, I guess, I just feel for him. Like is yes. what I'm trying to say. Like I definitely, yeah. it's not. He's in a very bad situation, and I feel really bad for him. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is a very sad ending to their story. Make with the jokes, you fucks. <laughs> so sad it's like i was watching this and we got that i was just like holy fuck it's Um, it's just a very depressing episode from that side of things um of the bad guys really like really not bad didn't know what he was doing wrong and was just trying to like you know help his wife and you know live you know the life that he wanted (laughs) um 
But hey, let's Especially... just go back to let's go back to Fringe Division. They they yes. never think about all the terrible things that have happened, you know, once the episode's over. So let's go back there. We don't have to no. think about it anymore. Yeah, back to Fringe Division. Um, Peter's talking to Broyles, I believe, is the first thing we get here. Yeah, well, we get Olivia being like, "Hey, stay here. There's snacks right. over there. I gotta go talk <laughs> to Lincoln for it." Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I gotta go tell Lincoln I'm here for him if he needs me. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's like, you do that after every mission. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and then, then, then Broyles comes over and yeah. has changed his tone about how he feels about Peter. Yeah, Broyles being much nicer to Peter, like, <laughs> which is good. Could be nice to him, please. He's had a real rough time. Um, um, and Peter gives Peter gives the realization that uh, this isn't where he's supposed to be. Um, the whole fact that they were able to like make this thing work, like it started working three days ago, which is when he showed up. Uh, he's not where he's supposed to be, and he needs to get back to that place. Well, um, he's essentially he's like, okay, I in my head I thought that maybe I needed to reset the timeline and to fix all of you, but maybe maybe it's not that. Maybe I am in the wrong place. This maybe this isn't my timeline. Yep. Essentially, like he brings up maybe this is a slider situation. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than a back to the future situation. Like. And, and Broyles takes it completely in stride and goes, all right, fair enough. Um, well, um, we'll do our best to help you with that. But until then, uh, let's make your accommodations a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, we found out that uh, Walter owns some property on campus. So, yeah, you can live there. <laughs> um, and we cut to um, Peter and Olivia arriving at their um, old, like, Peter's yeah, old the house, old, the, the, the old Boston apartment. apartment. Yeah, uh, which is look, and he's like, "Man, this is some deja vu." As he pulls tarps off, which I think is we did get this scene <laughs> previously. Yep, yep. So yeah, uh, and, and Olivia's have... like, "Hey, also don't worry about the armed guards standing outside at all times. Just ignore uh. that if you can." <laughs> and we also, and we also get Olivia understanding that the reason why Peter's like been like, "Hey, were like, were you in my dreams and things?" She's like, "She meant something to you, that Olivia, didn't she?" Peter's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, she maybe. did." Maybe. I was trying I'll my best to act tell. cool. I'm sorry. I was trying not to be Lincoln. <laughs> God um, damn it! And yeah. And I think Actually, that's the end of this episode. Yeah, this yeah? is the end of the episode. All right, yeah. a very, very sad, very well written episode. Yeah, um, it kind of yeah. pulled the wind from the sails with that ending. With oh. the entire episode, we just skipped over most of the sad stuff for a while there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, the glyph continues to be sad. It spells out "living." Oh, yeah. Yay. Uh, and the observer walks past the front of the apartment building in the opening scene moments before the flash fire occurs from the time oh, anomaly. Makes sense. And hey, I don't even have to make up a previously this time. Oh, do we actually have next one? Next episode clue. There is supposedly a next episode clue. Uh, oh, this what? one's not bad. What this is the next episode clue? So, remember Shapeshifters, David. Yes, I do remember how much I hate shapeshifters. <laughs> yes, we all agree shapeshifters are terrible. Now, do you remember the last scene that we got from the shapeshifter line where they go to like they're, the they're at like I, or something? The, yeah, where, wherever they are, the the lockers and things like that. So, if you actually look at what locker she pulls that fucking typewriter out of, 
Um, that locker number is locker number 47, uh, which foreshadows that 47 minutes that we have uh, for everything to work. And, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that. I'll take it. It's not like a... It's not like a reference to like the fringe elements or anything, but it is a direct reference to a major thing in the episode. So major plot I'll point in the that. show. So also, hey. it's just like forty-seven is just a random number as well. So it's not Good like it's them. just like coincidence. I don't think for this. Yeah, <laughs> you're more okay with this one than many of them. <laughs> yeah, because this is like this is very a very minor thing that directly connects and is also not so random that it could just be a coincidence. Like, sometimes. Fair. Um, but hey, let's do some episode ratings. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll start, uh, if you guys are thinking for a second. I'm probably going to, like, this one falls somewhere between a four and a four and a half. Um, this is the second time that Fringe has done a pretty fun job with time travel stuff, with, like, time-related stuff. Um, well, the, the entire time I was watching this episode, I was getting such heavy white tulip vibes. Like, uh, uh, so... It, it's yeah. very well done. Like, when Fringe I, does time travel, they apparently do it very well. I am probably going to have to give this one a four purely because of the motherfucking spiral. Uh, <laughs> that, that if that didn't upsetting. exist, if, if that, that didn't exist, it's probably four and a half, if I'm being honest. But, like, as soon as that scene started, I just... It, uh, but everything else about this episode... Um, and I understand that they had to relate things in that way, and then it brought up the whole tension that we get with um, the next spot that's going to you know, break in things. Um, so but I just, understand. Just a different it, pattern, or just a different, like, not drawing on a map, yep. please. Like, Fringe, yep. you've, you've lost all my, you've, all my hope for drawing on maps. No, no more maps. We believe in you. Uh, <laughs> ha- have it be like, look, there's some weird radiation occurring at this spot and some weird anti-radiation occurring at this spot or something um i believe in you guys you got this the events uh, all balance each other out perfectly in the amount of radiation they uh push out or something like so we yeah, can use that to figure out like whatever even if it's just... weird fringe sciencey shit that's going on off of that makes no sense it's fine um but hey everything else about this episode it's a really really good episode makes you feel makes you like hurt uh I, I really it's... have to, after watching this one, you have to wonder if in the writer's room they went, we only use time travel to tell heartbreaking love stories. Because <laughs> that's both, the thing. Both yeah. times, the, the ultimate sci-fi tool is created by people who just desperately want a little bit more time with their loved ones. And it's like is... nothing about it is malicious. They don't want to use it maliciously. They go out of their way to try and make sure no one is hurt. Or and they don't know what's even hurting people. Yeah, well case, yeah, they're right? oblivious to it and they're horrified at the thought. But they're like, if I can get this right, then no one will ever be hurt. Like, it's the same story again. It's not as good as White Tulip, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. White Tulip definitely helps for i feel like being a much more contained story like because this one definitely has more connections to the overall plot of this season if this was a more contained story like white tulip was i feel like they could they the only thing we were missing was more development from i think um the engineer husband like if we got a little more into his character specifically i think that would have elevated this episode more but yeah yeah i think like definitely a solid four like from me yeah i i'll go with that too maybe a little bit more of instead of just her focused on on the math 
have a little bit more interaction between them instead of him being like, oh, ha ha, I know to take my medicine and everything. Mm-hmm. That kind of feels like we don't really see what they were like before the Alzheimer's. Yeah. Well, we get hints That's of that. That's not which true. Is... I, really, well, I really like how they did that, actually. I, well, they... I completely disagree yeah. with that. I really like that because it's just, a, it's just another day. Um, and it just so happens to be the day of a break- breakthrough yeah. is what's essentially happening. That's well, that's fine. how he's trying to he's trying to play it. But I I yeah. I agree with Nick is that we do get we do get hints of the relationship, especially with that conversation they have where she's like, "Don't forget your cholesterol pill," blah blah blah. And he's like, "Oh, I turned over a new leaf. You don't have to remind me about things like that." Like that. I know, no, no. I'm not saying we don't get yeah. hints. I wanted more. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying, Charlie. Like I agree with Nick in that we get those stuff, and I but I do want more, like you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that's uh, I, that that's that's because this is this episode still needs to connect to other episodes. Like, yeah, if they could take the screen time they used about the whole Peter and like um, Walter, like friction and their relationship, and they could take all that stuff away and put more into like the relationship between the husband and the wife, like that would or, have elevated this story specifically. Or even tie the the husband losing his wife's memories of him. Cause it's not like it's different where it's like, he doesn't remember his wife. It's he remembers his wife and his wife doesn't remember him. Like, obviously they're trying to draw a parallel between Peter's and Olivia's situation. Yeah. But it, it still feels disjointed. Like they don't comment on that until the end. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there could have been like a little bit more there. Maybe. Uh, I don't know if it detracts too much. Yeah. I would I would also like to point out because we've we've mentioned briefly earlier as well, but the another part that just really, really liked about this episode was like how well like they like how well we've talked about it, like how well Kate's character like acted um oh my once God. she figured out and what was going on. Kate um, is the most uh, like good at her job character I think we've ever seen in Fringe. <laughs> like Can you like... imagine can you imagine figuring out like learning that all of the stuff that you'd been thinking was theory was made real? Um, and then immediately figuring out, oh, wait, there's consequences. Hearing that there's consequences, going, how do I get my husband out of this? Because he's the one that did this, and he's yeah. going to be on the hook for it. Here's how and I then, do that. Now, how do I stop my husband from like, continuing causing to do more this. harm? Because yeah. he's but not the, going to care. He's but totally then also bad. just like Im- immediately seeing the machine and going, oh, obviously it has been some time like obviously like you have time traveled like this is a time travel situation how much time has passed oh why would you do this oh obviously it's because something happened to me like like just instantly getting all those beats and like not also not like panicking really like she stays cool and collected this entire time like she has a bit of a moment she has a bit of a moment where she panics but she's like it's right like like, no no focus on the problem like it's it's amazing like (laughs) Very well written character from what little we see of her. Very well done. So hey, good job, writers. Um don't know what <laughs> these guys wrote of the fringe episodes, but it wasn't it wasn't even Akiva. Akiva hasn't done either of the time travel episodes we're so high on. Uh, yeah, who did write this? Let me look that up. Um, um we... Robert Chiapetta and Glenn Whitman. Okay. Have they done any other fringe episodes? Uh they have. Um Is they it did Glenn Whitman did Ability of Human Action, The Bishop Revival, 6955 kilohertz, 6B. Oh, 6B. Okay. Oh, and well, then a later Glenn's, episode this season. Yeah, Glenn's got a thing for heartbreaking love stories. Yeah. Uh, it's both um, of them. They're a writing yeah. duo. Yeah. yeah. Nice. 
Well, hey, great job on this episode. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, yeah. Uh, yeah, on that sentimental note, the joke's Oh kinda... man. <laughs> this episode was a series low, ratings-wise. Really? Critical reception was generally positive, but it was a ratings low. Once again, audience doesn't know what they should appreciate. Seriously. Uh, but you know what you should appreciate, audience? Us. You should appreciate us. You should listen to us more. Tell your friends to listen to us. They can find us at Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Alexa, Google. Tell your Alexa to play Four Seasons in a Funeral. Maybe it'll find us. Or it'll purchase the movie Four Weddings in a Funeral and play that on your TV while costing you ten ninety nine plus tax. Um, if you want to email us about this fraudulent charge on your credit card, you can email us at forsaf at gmail.com. Or you can publicly shame us on Twitter at Forsap. Um, stay tuned next week where I reschedule the recording session to 30 minutes before we record and really fuck everyone up. And it'll be a live reaction to the episode. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.